Welcome to What the Tech, a podcast sponsored by ProServe your source for all things tech. Today, we're diving into the exciting world of AI solutions. This is the fourth episode of our five-part series, and we've got a lot in store for you. In today's episode, we will explore the incredible potential of AI, its real-world applications, and how it's transforming industries. We will learn about the importance of data preparation, consistent naming conventions, data annotation, and data security, ensuring that AI solutions are accurate, reliable, and compliant with regulations. So, fasten your seatbelts as we delve into the world of AI, focusing on Power BI Copilot and how you can be ready for the future of technology. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, a business professional, or simply curious about the ever-evolving world of artificial intelligence, this episode is packed with insights that you won't want to miss. Let's get started. We're going to be going through Power BI Copilot, what it's capable of, run through some very quick benefits on Copilot, what we think Copilot's going to bring. Um, and then we're going to go through uh, five key areas of preparation to get your data ready for usage in Copilot. So there, there's the agenda I just spoke to. And we can start jumping right nice. in. Top benefits of Power BI Copilot. So you're going to be able to drive faster insights. So as you can see from that, the need to manually generate a report is going to slowly go away. And you're going to be able to generate reports much faster, which provide faster insight time. Again, ease of use, being able to just say, hey, I want to see a bar chart or replace this bar chart with a smart narrative. Real-time analytics. I would argue that this probably isn't a key benefit of Power BI Copilot, but it is going to, there is some additional stuff happening alongside of the Copilot rollout with things like Fabric that will start to drive more real-time analytics. The collaboration side of it, there is a new feature that come Power BI Copilot is currently in preview called Power BI Project Files, and those actually will allow multiple report creators to work on the same report at the same time as if they're true developers and merge those changes together. So that's super exciting. And then on the innovation side, with being able to generate reports much faster, the idea there would be that you'd be able to drive innovation in this data segment. So we're going to dive right into preparing for Power BI Copilot because there is definitely some stuff that should be done in order to prepare for Copilot. I would even argue that the same stuff that you would do to prepare for Copilot is also stuff that you would want to do to prepare your data for any artificial intelligence machine learning solution. Most of them are going to be working off of the same key concepts here, but I have tried to cater this more towards Power BI Copilot than just a general AI solution. But keep in mind that all of this applies to the wider AI ML universe. Item one, data, clean, data cleaning. What is data cleaning? It's detecting and correcting issues with data. Um, it's really essential for AI applications because, and, and you, uh, there's a number of reasons I've listed there, you're going to see throughout this presentation that I've bolded the words kind of reliability and trust. What we've found with any of these, with any AI tool, and it's going to be especially true in the Power BI Copilot world is if you're feeding in bad data or you're not 
properly preparing your data, the AI system is still going to try and do its best, but it's probably going to give you inaccurate results. And with inaccurate results, what's going to happen down the road to your data team is they're going to lose the trust of the business, which at that point means that any reports that you generate are not going to be received well. It's all going to be people wondering, hey, can I actually trust this insight or should I trust this to make my decision on or not? Which is why a reason why all of these key areas are really important, but especially data cleaning, making sure your data is clean and accurate is extremely important. Copilot is not going to be able to look at your data and say, hey, this looks weird to me. This doesn't make sense. It's just going to go and as you saw there, hey, give me a sales report with key on our key metrics. It's going to go and do that regardless of whether the data is clean or accurate or not. It, it will, a, a human would be able to look at something and say, hey, there's a, a trillion dollar sale here and every other sale and Copilot might pick that up in some of the outliers visuals. But if you just say, hey, build me a bar chart, it's going to build you a bar chart and that trillion dollar sale is going to be on that bar chart. So again, the accuracy drives the reliability and the trust here. Without that accuracy and reliability and, and trust, your decision-making that you're hoping your business will be able to make off of these reports that are being built, the decision-making will either be, it either won't happen or it'll be flawed which is a huge problem. And then on top of all of that, if you can clean your data early on in the process, ideally in the source system, then the cost of trying to clean that data later on becomes less and less. Trying to clean the data inside your data warehouse or inside your report is, is typically going to be a more expensive proposition than finding ways to clean the data in the source where it is. Some common data issues that we see, duplicate data, again, AI is, is probably not going to pick up duplicates. It's going to just give you the data as it sees it. AI systems do not work well with nulls, data inaccuracies, incomplete data. So if you have something like the size of, sorry, if you had something like, hey, I'm selling a house here and you didn't include details on the size of the house or what type of house it is, having incomplete data is also going to cause problems. Irrelevant data, inconsistent data that is outdated, so really old data that's still sitting there. And then specific to the AI systems, if there's bias in your data, uh, that's another data issue. And then noise in the data. If there's a signal you're looking for and there's a lot of noise, the AI system is going to have a hard time focusing in on what you want it to. And at the end here, we've got some best practices for data cleaning. So auditing your data, um, planning for how you're going to check the quality of the data, planning on how you're going to handle missing data. Do I just set it to a null? Do I go back to the source system and tell whoever's producing the data they need to fix it? Removing, make sure that you're removing duplicates. There's pretty easy ways in the SQL world to find duplicates. So make sure you're checking for them and, and removing them. 
validating data accuracy. Again, that goes back to your quality planning and your auditing, making sure that your accuracy checks and your quality rules are automated. You probably don't, especially as data grows and grows, you don't want a, a set of humans trying to do all of your data quality checks in a spot check way. Having some automation in place is going to help you. Continuous monitoring. So making sure that those data checks that are happening, they're not just a one-time thing, that they're always happening. Uh, making sure you're training your team on what their responsibilities are with respect to data. And then having documentation on, again, what does your quality planning look like? How do I plan to make sure I have quality data? How do I handle documenting how we handle missing data? How we train our team? These things are important as well. So key area number two, maintaining consistent naming conventions. So your naming conventions are your guidelines or rules on how you name things. And this is both at a table level, at a column level, and, and at a variable level. And, and these are really important because they help you understand the purpose of your data. They provide consistency across data and systems. They make the AI models run more efficiently. They allow for different users and different systems to collaborate together. And then they make it easy again to scale as you, as data grows and grows, not having a consistent naming convention becomes a big problem. So just to give you some, an example here, we'll jump down to the last point and then I'll come back up. If you had one data set that said, hey, sales, and you had another data set that called the same thing revenue, you can see that is going to lead to confusion. And an AI system, if you said, hey, give me sales by this, it's probably going to start looking for a sales column or it's going to look for a revenue column. It might not realize, hey, I've got a sales column here and a revenue column here. I need to join those two or union those two together in order to get the data that I really need. Having a consistent naming convention to say, hey, when I talk about sales numbers, I name that column sales and I don't name it revenue. That's things like that. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about consistent naming conventions. Um, other bad naming conventions are adding in special characters to, to fields, adding in additional spaces. Usually AI can handle that pretty well, but in some cases it has trouble if there's one thing named sales total with no space, and then there's another one named sales total with a space. Case sensitivity, AI systems, again, can usually overcome this, but it's, it's just a better situation if you can keep the case the same across all of these things, keep these things the same. Reserved words, I wouldn't worry about that one as much, but these are things like using the word or something like that, that a SQL system might look at and say, hey, this case is a special word in SQL. You're like, I don't understand what you're saying here. So there's certain things like that that you should be careful of. Again, it's not a huge issue, but I, I figured I'd throw it up there. And then the impact of this inconsistent naming is AI model, which leads to inaccurate data or inaccurate insights. You might just end up with straight up errors. And then all of those things, again, as if you start surfacing reports with bad data, that leads to a loss of trust. And that puts the whole, the whole operation of your data team at, at risk there of becoming irrelevant. So data annotation. 
So what is this? This is adding additional information labels to your data. So you can think about taking a table and giving it a description. You can think about taking a column and giving it a bigger description than what you can fit into the, the field name, things like that. This is just going to help AI better interpret the data. So the AI system, just even Power BI Copilot can look at some of those table descriptions and glean more information as to what this is. So it's going to help with accuracy because it gives additional context to the to Power BI Copilot. And then when your team goes and evaluates the results of what Copilot produces, it will also help whoever's evaluating those results to have some additional context around the data. That's really what this is saying. And then your best practices here are having clear guidelines for how we annotate data and, and having those consistent, even back to point two, having those consistent naming conventions within your data, uh, maintaining quality of these things over time, privacy and sensitivity, marking those. So if there's a sensitivity label that needs to be applied here, making sure that you have those sensitivity labels applied. There are tools out there in the Microsoft world, things like Purview that allow you to apply sensitivity labels, allow you to then have those sensitivity labels um, stop people from exporting data if it shouldn't be. If you flag this as top secret and you don't want this thing exported to CSV, it will allow you to set up rules to block that. So also having data annotation means um, adding sensitivity labels and privacy labels to your data, making sure that these this labeling process is continually updated and that there's some form of feedback loop. So it's not just a one and done process. It's something that you're working on over time. And, and a lot of this, the prior slides as well, a lot of this plays into a larger data governance, data governance role. The next place, data security and privacy in AI applications. Again, this is, but let's. I'll try and stick a little bit to Copilot here, but the importance of the data security and privacy and AI, there's legal compliance and ethical obligations here. So there's legal compliance issues, both with how you use data and what data you can surface to people in your organization. If there's personally identifiable information, if you have GDPR or HIPAA compliance items, these kinds of things, you need to understand that this is important. And again, in the AI world, you have those same compliances and there's more compliance. There's going to be more compliance requirements for specific to AI coming very soon across the world. And again, if you're leaking data through your AI initiatives and your Power BI Copilot initiatives, you're going to lose trust here. There's definitely malicious use issues, especially in the more wider AI world, but also in Power BI Copilot. And then finally, making sure, you know, you can end up with biased outcomes if you don't have good security and privacy in place, anonymizing data, things like that. So the common risks, so, so those are why this is all important. The common risks you have are data breaches, misuse of data. I'm sure people have heard of what happened with Samsung when they started using ChatGPT is, and, and that's GPT is the underlying system of Copilot here. Now, Microsoft has a different way of handling data than ChatGPT, than OpenAI does, which is great. And we can dig into that a little bit later if you're interested. They put all of their 
they put a lot of their corporate information into GPT in different ways and ended up losing a bunch of IP because of that. Data breaches, misuse of data in these AI systems, non-compliance with regulations, all of which, you know, lead to that loss of trust. Your common challenges here is there's so much data. And back to what Avi was saying, hey, this is a massive, some of this stuff is a massive challenge when you take into account years of data. And not only that, when you look at how much data companies are producing today and how much they're going to be producing in the next couple of years, this is a big, this is a big issue. So the volume of data is a challenge. Regulations are going to be changing very rapidly as the world catches up with all of this AI stuff. And then making sure that you can anonymize the data while still making it usable. That's another common challenge we're going to see in this data security and privacy area. The best practices to protect yourselves, data minimization, only surfacing what you need. Don't, you don't necessarily need to make a report with absolutely everything in it. If you can get away with making that report with what you need in it. And then you can always expand later, especially if you're using views, make sure you're anonymizing your data, especially if it's, you know, personally identifiable information or things like that, making sure that there are regular audits happening, that there is training happening to teach, to make sure that staff understand what is allowed and what's not allowed. And this is general security stuff, even making sure that your team knows if there is an incident where. AI is returning data. It shouldn't return. How do I respond to that? And making sure that your company has data and AI usage policies in place. And, and again, those are going to shift and change very rapidly over the next couple of years. The, the accuracy, it's sometimes hard to determine accuracy without the latest data being in place. Competitive advantage. If you're surfacing old data and your competitors can also surface old data, then you don't necessarily have a great advantage. If your competitor can surface data from last night and you can surface data from two seconds ago, you probably have some of a company, you know, somewhat of a competitive advantage there. There are compliance requirements that certain analyses must be done off of up-to-date data. So that's another thing. And then user trust, again, back to that. If there's users out there that are expecting data from but 15 minutes ago, and they go and look and they say, Hey, this sale salesperson goes in and says, Hey, I just put a sale in 30 minutes ago. Why is it not showing up in my report, my sales report? What's going on here? And, and they start to lose trust. So either you need to make sure that everyone understands that data is a net one night old, or you need to make sure that the data is fresh and up to date. The challenges in maintaining this kind of data freshness, it's super high volume. Um, Real-time updating is not trivial. It is a difficult thing to, to do. We've done it with some of our clients having data moving, you know, from source system to a data warehouse in seven to 10 seconds. There's a lot of moving pieces there. There's a lot of spots where that can break and it's not the, the easiest solution. Trying to do a batch nightly is going to be a lot easier than trying to, to get real time working. Although the technologies are really catching up nowadays. Quality control. This is a huge issue when you're trying to keep data extremely fresh, especially when you get to that real time, trying to match real time data and ensure quality and accuracy and all that stuff as you're streaming data through in seven to 10 seconds, 
that's really difficult. And it's not a problem that's easily solved. It's probably not a problem that there's any great tools on the market right now to solve that. Again, it comes back to how do I plan for this? You got to build the plan and you got to figure out how you're going to do it. Probably some random sampling or something like that. The costs of keeping data extremely fresh, again, back to that real time. If you're going real time, there are additional costs there for running systems that can handle that. And then how do you implement that privacy and security as you're bringing fresh data through? So all of these things need to be thought of and planned. And then if you don't do those things, you're going to probably end up with inaccurate or irrelevant, ins irrelevant insights, which again, loss of trust. Tips for keeping the data current. So automated updates, you need alerting in place to tell you when things are breaking. So there needs to be something that says, hey, this real-time stream of data hasn't seen data in 10 minutes. That means that there's probably a problem. Or, hey, this pipeline has failed. I, you need to know about it quickly so you're not getting a report from a user that says data hasn't updated for five days. What's going on here? Data quality and audit checks, planning for and implementing those are also very important to to make sure that data is current and accurate. And that's a wrap for today's episode of What the Tech, brought to you by ProServe IT. We've covered a wealth of knowledge about preparing for Power BI Copilot. We hope these key takeaways can be your guide to becoming Copilot ready and harnessing the full potential of AI in your modern workplace. In our next and final episode, episode five, we'll take a deep dive into summarizing the entire series, highlighting the most important lessons and discussing how you can put these insights into action in the world of AI. So don't miss out. Be sure to tune in for episode five, where we'll conclude our AI solutions series with a comprehensive overview. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, what the tech subscribe now and stay up to date with the latest in technology trends and solutions.